using one of these 35 years. Be patient with me. Psalm number 55, Psalm number 55, one more verse I want to read right now. We're going to look back at this passage, so don't close your Bibles without putting a, a Bible marker there. Verse number 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Now, there are some sermons that help some people immediately and then help more later. Uh, there are some sermons that help a lot of folks. I believe the truth of the message can help every single person tonight, whether you're a child, a teenager, an adult of any age. And I'm going to preach tonight on this subject, how to give your burden to the Lord. How to give your burden to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word. I desire to be an encouragement. I desire to be a help, and I thank you for the wonderful word of God and the truths, the many, many truths that guide us and that guard us, that help us, that protect us through life. Without your word, Lord, we would be hopeless and we would be helpless. I thank you for the truths. Now, Lord, may we not just hear them, but may we hear them to do them, to practice them in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Without a doubt or without, without a question, the Lord God of heaven desires that we bring our burdens to him. He desires to help carry our burdens. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 in verse number 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I'm glad he cares for me. I'm glad he cares and he desires to carry my cares and burdens. Isaiah 41.10, the Bible says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28, the Bible says, Come unto me, come unto me. That's what he says. Now, he's not going to help us if we don't come to him. Uh, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, while we know this is true, and while we may have even committed to memory some of these Bible verses, we're not always successful in taking our burdens to the Lord and leaving them there. So tonight, I'm preaching a Bible message on how we can do this, how it was done by those that are recorded in the Word of God. Now this morning, I preach from 2 Samuel chapter 18 and about the rebellion of Absalom and about the leadership of King David. This morning, I told the story about how Absalom rebelled against his father. Now, Psalm number 55 is a psalm that is written during the time of distress. Uh, Absalom, his own son, has turned against him, and he is trying to steal the throne from his father. He wants the position, he wants the power, but he does not love and care for the people as did the shepherd king, King David. It appears that David's personal counselor, his name Ahithophel, 
Ahithophel, David's closest friend, counselor, and ally, had sided with Absalom. Now let's imagine, if we could tonight, what it would be like for our own children to turn against us and try to steal that which does not belong to them, that which was given to us by the Lord and does not in any way belong to them. Imagine our own children turning against us the difficult burden that would be to bear. In addition to that, his closest friend, Ahithophel, imagine what it would be like if your personal friend or friends sided against what was right and sided for, uh, with uh, the rebellious crowd. Uh, the Bible tells us in, uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 15 through chapter 17, uh, while David was still in Jerusalem, that the rebellion was gaining momentum. I don't know that we can fully put ourselves in the place of David, but I think we get the picture of what a burden, what a challenge, what a difficulty it must have been for King David that his own son had rebelled against him, was building an army. David's closest friend, Ahithophel, had sided secretly, though I believe David knew what Ahithophel was up to, uh, he sided with Absalom against David. Uh, this was uh, uh, the most discouraging day that David uh, could ever face. I want you to notice what he says in verses 11 through 14 as he talked about the pain of his own friend and counselor uh, siding with the rebellion against him. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. David knew what that was when King Saul tried to kill him as a young man. But this wasn't an enemy. Notice the Bible said, Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man my, mine equal, my guide and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell for wickedness is in their dwellings and amongst them. He talks about the hurt and the pain of his own friend and counselor turning against him. It is then that David declares that he is not able to bear such heavy burdens, and he decides that he will not carry these burdens, but that he will take those burdens to the Lord. Look at verse number 16. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Look at verse number 22. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Now, there are three other things that David could have done that we find in this chapter, but he made the conclusion, he made the decision that he was going to cast his burden on the Lord because 
he was not able to bear it. And so he, knowing that God loved him and wanted to bear his burden, he decided, that's what I will do with this very heavy, unbearable burden. Now I want to say tonight, we need to listen uh, to what we need to do because there are burdens we're not made to carry. They're not burdens we're supposed to carry. And I want you to listen as we go through uh, these things. There are three things he could have done. First of all, he could have focused on his own feelings. His focus could have been on his own feelings. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 3. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. Now you talk about a rebellious crowd. You talk about a woke crowd. Absalom is the leader of the woke crowd. By the way, Absalom doesn't have any stories to tell as an old man because he never made it to that age. Uh, you can imagine the hurt and pain of David. Look at verse number four. My heart is sore pained within me and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. Now we're talking about the fellow when he was young, uh, faced a, a, a giant, David, and faced him in faith, and faced him in confidence, and said, you come to me with a sword and a spear. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. We're talking about a mighty man. We're talking about a warrior. We're talking about a young man, even as a young shepherd, uh, when the lion came, came uh, to kill the sheep. He killed the lion and later killed a bear with his own hands. This is a young man uh, that is brave. This is a young man that is strong. But his own son has placed a burden upon him and his closest counselor has joined his rebellious son and David faces a burden that is the most difficult burden he has ever borne. He said, I'm afraid. He said, I am overwhelmed. He said, the terrors of death are upon me. Now hear what I'm about to say. He could have ended this, uh, just went on the rest of his life focusing on his own feelings. Sometimes our prayers are more of a complaint to God than they are a request from God. Sometimes our prayers are not prayers of faith going to God for strength, but our prayers are going to God for pity. Now look at me. God doesn't pity a lot of people in the Bible. There are many times we could go through and we could find the prayers of Elijah. We could find the prayers of Jeremiah and others. They went to God in prayer for pity. God's not interested in giving pity. You say, doesn't he care? Yes, but he's interested in giving strength to overcome the burden and overcome the difficulty. He doesn't want you to live in the hurt and the pain and the fear and the terror and the overwhelming feeling of burdens. He doesn't want you to. But so often we get stuck right here wanting God and wanting others just to know how bad we feel because of the burden. Now don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying those burdens and 
pains are not real. It's obvious this is a brave man uh, describing how he feels. Uh, but David is saying uh, in these verses, uh, he's just talking about his feelings. The Lord Jesus said to the disciples in John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. You'll find that instruction throughout the word of God. We're supposed to have faith in God. We're supposed to go to God in faith, expecting him to hear and answer our prayer. Number one, he could have focused on his own feelings. Second of all, we can look for a way out of the burden. We can look for an escape route. And David thought about that. I want you to look at verse number six. And I said, all that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. The word selah means to think of that. That's what it means. It means to think of that. Verse number eight, I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. There's not a person in here tonight that has not wished at times that they were a dove that they could just fly away. Leave the burdens and the cares and the worries and the concerns and the stress and the difficulty and the challenges that we face. Sometimes we feel like just flying away. I want to say again, that's not the answer. You cannot run from problems. Problems will find you wherever you go. Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. What is the answer, preacher? Our answer is not to fly away. Our answer is to get help from the Lord, casting our burdens on him because he cares for us. I've known preachers through the years that thought they could run from their problems. And they didn't go from one church to another in the will of God. They went from one church to another running from a problem rather than going to God for strength in the time of difficulty, in help, in the time of hurt. They started all over and it wasn't long until they faced the same problems that they faced before. And they thought the answer was to go yet to another church. Hey friend, I'm here to tell you, God is not interested in us running from our problems. He's interested in us in giving us strength that we can overcome our problems. I've known college students through the years uh, preparing for ministry thinking because they faced a problem or they carried a burden that they needed to leave and go to another place. Christians often look for a way out. Someone has said it is better to ask God, what can I get out of this rather than asking how can I get out of this? Did you hear what I said? What can I get out of it rather than how can I get out of this. You know, there was a time that Elijah ran from the work of God. Elijah was a brave man. There was a time he ran. Uh, there was a time that he hid under the juniper tree. By the way, he didn't get any pity from God, but God offered to give him all the help and strength that he needed. You'll find Jeremiah, he came to the place that he quit. He resigned. He said, I quit. I'll not preach anymore in his name. Thank God there was a fire shut up in his bones and he was weary with forbearing and he could not quit. He could not run and so he pressed on. By the way, let me make this note. It's interesting that he used the word dove or the bird, the dove. 
the dove can fly long distances and they seek for safe refuge in the high rocks. Jeremiah talked about it in Jeremiah chapter 48. You know what we ought to do? We don't need to pray for wings like a dove so we can fly away from the storm. We need to pray for wings like an eagle so we can fly above the storm and be overcomers in Christ. I'll give you the third thing. We can focus on the circumstances and talk about them. We can focus on the circumstances. Look at verse number 9. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. You see, Absalom was working to steal the hearts of the people. He was working to spread a bunch of political lies of what he would do when he became the king. He didn't have any intention on keeping his promises any more than the, anyway, I'm not even going to say his name, the one that's in the White House now, can even remember his promises, let alone fulfill them. And that was the work of Absalom. He was a deceiver. He was a liar. He just wanted the throne. He wanted the position. He wanted the power. Not to serve the people as a shepherd would of the sheep, but to get from the people what he could get from them. And David saw all this going on. Now, you know what David could have done? And boy, listen to what I'm about to tell you. He could have become a reporter of the evil. Sadly, that's what many Christians do today. We think we're spiritual news reporters for Fox News. And it's our job to tell everybody what the bad news is. Can I tell you, I never have been much interested in the bad news. I've always enjoyed hearing the good news. I've always enjoyed hearing the truth and hearing that God is in control and God is still on his throne. I've always enjoyed not focusing on the power of Pharaoh, but focusing on the fact that Pharaoh, he said, who is God that I should obey him? I don't even know who he is. Hey, can I tell you something? There came a time that Pharaoh died, but God was still on the throne. And every single person all the way through that they feared, my job is not to report how bad things are. My job is not to report how difficult things are. My job is to report that God is on his throne and all power is given unto him in heaven and earth and he wants to bear our burdens and he wants us to do his will for our lives and we can. Now we can cast the burden on the Lord and carry on in the work and thank the Lord that's what David decided to do. When you come to verse number 16, I want you to look at these words. It's interesting, even the wording of his prayer. Verse number 16, as for me, I've written the word decision. As for me, I made a decision. I'm not going to live in the pain. I am not going to broadcast the circumstances. I'm not going to run away and face another problem. I've made a decision. As for me, notice I will call upon God. I've written the word action above that. To have a desire in your heart without action is not going to do anything but add to your discouragement and disappointment. 
You can't just make a decision for change. You have to have a plan of action for change. And here's what he said. I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Ah, but he goes further. Then he gives a plan. I've written the word plan. Evening and morning and at noon. A lot of folks set goals, but they don't put the goal in the schedule. And if you don't put it in the schedule and you're not going to obey your schedule, your goal will be as big a, a source of a discouragement as the problem that you face. Somebody say amen. Are you with me tonight? Now there's a plan. Evening, morning, at noon. Well, I pray and cry aloud. Notice this. He shall hear my voice. Faith. Faith. Do you see that? He shall hear my voice. Look at verse number 18. He hath delivered my soul. Wait a minute. You're not even finished praying. He hasn't delivered you yet. No, but he has as good as delivered me because I'm claiming the promises of God to cast my burden on him and my burden is as good as gone because of his faith in God. Do you see it right there? God uh, uh, God shall hear. And he says in verse 18, He hath delivered my soul. I love the words, in peace. That's what we're looking for. In peace. Then he comes to verse number 22, and he says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be Moved. Now let me give you these things of how David gave his burden to the Lord. These very simple things. Number one, he wanted to. He wanted to. David didn't want to be a martyr. He, he, he didn't want to seek pity. David decided he wanted to have victory. And so... He wanted to give his burden to the Lord. He didn't want to bear it alone. He knew he could not bear it alone. And don't miss what I'm about to tell you. This was not the will of God for him to bear the burden. The will of God was for him to be the king. So as long as he's over here dealing with the burden himself, don't miss it, that was brought on by others, he can't do what God has given him to do, and that's to be the king. So he said, I'll take this burden that was given to me by Absalom. I'm going to give that to the Lord. I'm going to let the Lord bear that burden. I'm going to cast that care on him. I'm going to go back over here and be the king God called me to be. You see, many folks, they know what their purpose is. They know what they're supposed to do in life. But they're so distracted by the difficulties. And the devil has uh, all of these things going on to distract us. Folks, take those burdens and make a decision. I'm going to give those to God. I hope you're still with me. Some folks get tired of their purpose. So they want the distraction as an excuse to keep from showing up for duty every day. David didn't want to bear the burden. He wanted to be the king. That's what God called him to do. And so he wanted to cast his burden on the Lord. Number two, he decided to. We must make decisions. 
We must make decisions. Here's what the devil said. Yes, but you made this decision and failed. And you you made that decision and failed. Tell the devil it's not his job to be the scorekeeper and go back where he came from. And you tell the devil you're going to make a decision to do right. I don't care how many times you failed. That's times that you learned how not, uh, 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 what not to do. This time we're going to make our decision to cast the burden on the Lord. There must be a decision. There must be a time to. As I read through this chapter and David goes through the pain. He goes through the horror. He goes through the being overwhelmed feeling. He talks about how his son has worked in deceit. He's gone upon the walls. What that means is he's talked to the security guards and those that are supposed to be watching over David. Their heart has been turned from the king to the rebellious son. He sees all the deceit that's going on. Then he talks about his friend Ahithophel and it broke his heart that his best friend had been conniving with Absalom and was against him and he's overwhelmed and he's in terror. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. It's not what God called me for. God called me to be the king. So I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to take these burdens. I'm going to just give them to God. I can't bear these burdens. You didn't make me to bear these burdens. You made me to bear the burden of being king. So I'm making a decision to give these to you. I'm going to go back to being king. Do you see it tonight? He decided he will not keep the pains and hurts, but he'll give those to God. He decided he would not bear all the pressure of the decision, but he gave it to God. He decided that he would not be distracted from his responsibilities as king and allow this rebellion to become his purpose. He decided that he would not become a martyr. He would not become a victim, but he would give it to God. He decided that he would take this burden and he would give it to God. He made the decision. Number three, he made a plan. What was that plan? Prayer was his tool of communication and act of carrying out his decision. He comes to a point that his counselor is not a friend. His counselor is not a family. His counselor is God. I'm going to take this to God. He comes to the place that he stops his grieving and he gives the burden to God. I do not believe that David any longer lie awake in fears trying to figure out what he was going to do or what his next move was, but he decided that his plan would be to go to God in prayer. And I want you to notice he scheduled it. He said every evening, every morning, and every day at noon, I'm going to remind myself and I'm going to remind God this burden that I cannot bear, it's yours. I'm going to focus my time and my energy on being the king. By the way, he did what he would have done had an army from another nation attacked him. Had another nation, had the Philistines come like they had many other times, they'd have just gone to war and whipped the Philistines. But this time, because it's his son, it's different. But I want you to see something. When David takes these burdens and he gives them to God, God then gives him the wisdom to do what he's supposed to do 
He calls three men and he makes them generals and he divides the army as I've told you the story this morning. And he said, I want you to deal gently with my son for my sake. But this is right to do. Listen to me. He didn't make this decision of being the king to protect the people with the army out of his emotion. He did it from his prayer time, morning, noon, and night. You can't just give a burden to God and forget it. There must be a committed plan, evening, morning, and at noon. He gave that burden to God, and he gave his energy to being the king. He then, number four, acted in faith, believing that God not only could, but God would. I imagine that at that point, though there were times of tears and the last verse of 2 Samuel chapter 18 is a time of weeping over the death and the news of his son Absalom being killed, I believe when he gave his burden to God, I believe his song returned. I'll ask you a question. Can you sing in your sorrow? If you can't sing in your sorrow, you're bearing a burden that God is supposed to bear. Think with me now. Songs that are written in sorrow are songs of faith in God. The young evangelist who got word that his wife would give birth to their first son and he would not be there because he was on a traveling circuit and the train and his schedule would not let him be home for the birth of his son, faced a time of discouragement. He faced a time of sorrow. And on a piece of paper he wrote, while traveling on that train, tempted and tried, were off made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long, while there are others living about us, never molested, though in the wrong. And then he writes, but farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother. Wait a minute. Did the songwriter go home for the birth of his child? Oh, no. The only thing that had changed was, as the man wrote the song, his faith turned toward God. And faith lets you see beyond the battle. Faith lets you see beyond the valley. Faith lets you see beyond the challenge. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. We'll not have all the answers now. We'll not win all the victories now. Ah, but faith in God. Thank God we're on the winning side. So what do I do with my burdens? I don't want to use my burdens as an excuse not to do God's will for my life. So I give them to him because I want to. Second, I give them to him because I decide to. Third of all, I give them to him by faith and prayer and a plan, evening, morning, at noon, to give that burden to God and to fulfill my responsibility in life. That's how David gave his burden to the Lord. And that's how we can give those burdens to him and can carry on in the work God's called us to do. Your children need a father. Your children need a mother. Your brothers need a brother, a sister. But sometimes we get 
preoccupied in the problems. That's all we talk about. Quit giving credit to the problem. See God on the throne and realize I'm on the winning side. My job today is not to report on every circumstance of life. My job today is to report my God is in control and I will carry on the work God's given me to do. Stand with me if you will. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God. Lord, some